Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Brooke Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. <laughs> What's going on with you? Uh, I guess it's not really all about reality television any longer. At one point it was. Yeah, we don't have to say that anymore. I just feel like if people don't hear the words reality television in the first couple of breaths of this podcast, they may be confused. They may go, "What? why is this named? Reality blows. Uh, why is the description? These are two people who watch reality television. So I almost feel like we're fulfilling a reality television quota by just saying the words. Oh, interesting. You know, it's a little trick I picked up. This is a podcast about a couple that invites you into their reality, and that reality blows. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes you are correct about that. Yeah, I, I don't know if any other podcasts do introductions like uh, like I force on us. Every this is a podcast week. all about Nick and Ash, and they sometimes watch television. I think don't most podcasts, and I listen to a lot of them, but don't most podcasts just kind of like. Go, hey, what's going on? Mm -hmm. All right, so this week uh, we have so many things to show you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they do, yeah. Hey, come over here. It's I all have visual a, based. I have a necklace that uh, is very, very pretty. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I, I imagine I almost, I felt like I was a jeweler or something like yeah, that. Yeah, drop the freaking intro. Just say, hey, welcome it's to Reality hard. Blows. I'm Nick Maritato. Old this is my lovely, beautiful, perfect fiance, Ashley Brooke Roberts. Hard. Um, which should be the name of uh, the die next hard. Die Hard movie, Old Habits Die Hard. Yeah, that's good. Him like battling his like pill addiction and like out uh, and his and the fact that he has to wake up and drink like half a bottle of scotch at this point. I assume that's what's going on with John McClane at this point. I don't know. I've never seen any of the movies. What you, you never saw? Know no, that. you never saw any Die Hard. I've never seen a single Die Hard. We were going to watch them for the Patreon, but then we watched Space Jam instead. And you want to see Jungle Cruise? You won't even get it. You won't I even want get Jungle to Cruise. See Jungle Jungle Cruise. You haven't even seen the first Die Hard. You're not going to understand Jungle Cruise. How are Cruise. they related? They're related in spirits. Bald-headed action heroes, all of them are sort of related. I don't understand the language you speak. Bald-headed action heroes? I don't know what that is. <laughs> that would be like The Rock. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. That would be like Bruce Willis, a.k.a. Bruno. I've never seen Bruce Willis in an action movie. What have you seen him in? Um, Armageddon. That's an action movie. That's a sci-fi movie, babe. Not, there's, I don't think there's any science fiction in that entire deal. Yeah, they go and on a meteor and they drill it because yeah. they're like an oil rig. But it's so brute force. It's like they, it's like they had the makings of a sci-fi movie, and they were like, "No, don't go sci-fi at all. Just bring up blue-collar guys to." Break this rock in half, and then that's how we're gonna defeat this rock. Yeah, it's it, in that movie. I remember being the biggest movie in the world the month that it came out, and I don't know anybody that actually likes it. I saw it. I don't remember. I don't remember whether or not I liked it, but I do remember it igniting a fear in my young heart because I think I was a teen about um, a meteor crashing into Earth. It brought that fear back. I was like, if it could happen to the dinosaurs, it can happen to us. You never fathomed that that could be a possibility uh, the way that this planet ends. I had, but I didn't really like put it in a context, like in the right context, you know? Bruce in Willis. A Bruce Willis modern day context. And yeah. that movie really did that for and me. I think Steve Zahn as well has like long hair in it. Mm. kind of has, he plays like a drunk or something. Okay. I think, who is in uh, White Lotus, which we just finished. We did. We just finished White Lotus. We will talk about that. We we will talk about Big Brother. We will talk about the challenge. But first, let's talk about our lives. Nick and I have been zipping and zapping all over the tri-state area. I went to New York City three times this week. Count them three times. We don't have a car. It's in the shop. Kind of, it's supposed to be in the shop. Well, it's actually it's in it's in the front of our home, but we... it was in the shop. It came out, and then the same thing happened again. So now it's going to the shop tomorrow. It's begging to go back in. It wants to go back to the shop so bad, and we can't drive it because it's driving weird, and the thing's weird. And cars are all computerized now, so it's just like a message pops up, and it's like your ABSTC is fucked, and you're like, what does that mean? And then you go to the dealership, they're like, your ABSTC is fucked, dude. That's gonna be eight hundred dollars, and you pay them, and you. You're like, what, what happened? They're like, we fixed your ABSTC. And then two days later, you're driving and the message pops up. Hey, dog, check on your ABSTC. It's not looking good. Then you notice that the car is driving weird. You call back the dealership. You go, ABSTC is not looking good. And they're like, dude, it could be anything. We don't know. It probably has nothing to do with that $800 you just paid us five days ago. Come back on Tuesday. So that's what we're doing. 
Yeah, we have the R-rated version of a Volvo. Because it, yeah. it says the F word. Yeah, well, it's us. an adult. It's an adult. It's an adult. It knows we're adults. It knows we don't have any kids in the car. Yeah, it's all it knows function. what's up. Yeah, and I mean the car, you can drive it around a little bit, but you know, taking it into the city, it's such a rough ride driving in that city. Taking man. it into the city is a gamble if your ABSTC is not working. Okay. It's just, uh, it's sort of a brake issue, but it's also a computer issue, and it's just like taking that in all the way into the journey. I mean, it's really not that long or that far for us to get into Manhattan or Brooklyn, but it's uh, just a tumultuous task. It's just the amount of uh, uh, weird traffic you have to deal with, weird traffic patterns, and also terribly managed roads so the yeah really poor designs we've discussed this on the podcast before but new jersey does this thing where they have like the on ramps onto the parkway and the turnpike also be exit ramps for other exits and so like you will be trying to merge on while someone is also trying to merge off and you're like both trying to get in like you're trying to get out of a lane they're trying to get into that lane it's chaos that and also it's just like i just don't know that our car is going to handle potholes as well as it that normally too. as well yeah. as it normally does. Yeah, because you show up in Brooklyn and you're like, "What the hell happened here? What the fuck went on here?" <laughs> I'll say like a drive into Brooklyn. Let's say I'm driving into Brooklyn. That's going to be two hours. If I'm driving out, I've gotten back in like an hour and twenty minutes. Driving back at night on a weekday, no one's really on the road. You can zip it, zap it. But the train, I've been doing a lot of the New Jersey transit. I've taken it now officially six times this week and two times every, you know, round trip. Round trip, back round and trip. forth. So I've done it three times and it is three hours because it takes like two hours to get to Penn Station and then like 45 minutes to an hour to get from Penn Station to wherever I'm trying to get in Brooklyn. So three hours and so that's six hours. That means I have been in the past four days in the past four days, 18 hours have been traveling in transit. It's a lot of hours. Fucked up. Well, can you imagine if you worked there, you know, and had to be in an office every day, and then you came back here to your home and your family? I mean, that's kind of how a lot of people work their lives. Doesn't not make any sense. Just it, move to Brooklyn. I don't yeah, understand. Well, you can't really own a house in Brooklyn for a normal amount of money, and you wouldn't have, like, your kids wouldn't be able to go to, like, normal suburban schools. Well, and... you don't get to see your kids. It's like, what would you rather, your kids have parents or go to a Norman, Norman suburban school? A normal suburban school. I don't understand that that transit life. I don't get it. I do not understand. I know your dad did it. And when we pass, I come from a long line of men who've who've done. Yeah. Had so that was life. your dad just never home? I don't understand. He was home less. He was home less than my mom, who worked in in Middletown or Red Bank or wherever at, at times. Yeah. Yeah. He's also going straight into Manhattan, so that cuts off like a forty minute. Well, we also Brooklyn commute. We also lived forty five minutes closer to New York City. Okay, so if you're talking like an hour and a half train ride, that's fine. Yeah. But like a three hour there, three hour back, I would never do that. No one's doing that every day. Well, that yeah, it's it's two hours to the city, and then usually about forty five minutes plus like waiting for train thirty five forty minutes waiting for trains to get to where you got to go in Brooklyn. At least that's how it worked out for me this week. So when I was in, but um, yeah, it's a it's a life, you know. I think you make good money. You know what I mean? New York City's got those jobs. That's what's nice about it. That's why it. you moved to New York City. Expensive. I, if you had a and job. Hard. Nobody wants to live in an apartment. If Nobody you had wants a job to live in an apartment. And Apartments you, suck. We had a kid and you had a job and you had to travel three hours there and three hours back. I would I would demand that we move close to your job just for my own sanity so well, I could have another freaking parent around to like help with the kids. Sure, but I think also... You'd have to live in an apartment over a house, you know, and that's a big choice to make. And, you know, I think we had grandparents that lived here. Yeah. You know, when when everybody's based in New Jersey, both sides of the family, you know, it's up to you and you have a job in New York. You just got to commute it. Yeah. But that, like I said, it's different because your dad, well, he wasn't going into Brooklyn. He was going into Manhattan. And I know his stop. I kept hearing it. The Hazlitt stop. I would be like, oh. Steve used to get up there and get on that train. That's right. That's right. And I did as well. Yeah. That was my big train hub. That was your stop. For a long time. Um, uh, but yes, it's it's not that much fun. Uh, you know, but I actually kind of enjoy the taking the ride in on the train just because you don't have to, you don't 
have to drive. So your 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 brain is freed up to and go to sleep or to read a book or to just stare at your phone. And it's not illegal because you're not driving. Yeah, that part's nice. Also, the state of New Jersey is pretty. You're like driving through like the meadowlands and like the woods. And yeah, every now and then you're going through some sort of industrial wasteland. But for the most part, there's like nice things to look out at the window. Listen, Nick, we have a story to tell. And I'm worried because I have been telling this story for about a week now. Uh, We haven't had a chance to put it on the pod. It's been Nick and I's big story. You know, like when you get a story in a relationship and then both of you keep telling your friends that and that's just like, this is our big story. Um, This is our big story. And I've been telling it. It's kind of tapered. The excitement has kind of gone downhill. I think I'm not telling it well anymore. So I need you to kind of like lead the way on this story. Actually, I'll start and then I want you to come in. Okay. No problem. I do want to say disclaimer. It's it does it is going to sound like Ash and I have only been getting drunk. <laughs> that ain't true. That ain't true. But in the last month and a half, a lot of our August a, and a bunch, September podcast <laughs> do revolve around drinking. I don't know why we're not drinkers. I don't know. But it's the summer, and uh, we're going been, through a phase or something. Well, we we've been trying to get in all of our like kind of going away stuff and that kind of that kind of yeah like, we're getting in all of our moving stuff there is some sort of like uh, celebrations happening here and there and, but, a- and yeah. ashley and i uh have been partaking in these celebrations but also like historically non-drinkers i think anyone's going to maybe be a little bit more of a lush than usual when they've been living away from their friends for like two years and now they can visit and bingle again anyway let's take us back <laughs> This uh too much too much of a, a preamble. I know the um what is that what is that metaphor? The lady doth protest a bit much. Too much. Too much. Um. Okay. Here we go. We let's take you back to a weekend night. Nay, eight days ago. Nine days ago. Nick and I are meeting one of his uh, high school friends, Connor. We're gonna meet Connor out. We're gonna have dinner. We're going to have drinks in New Jersey. This will be fun. It's a beautiful night. Weather's perfect. We decide we're going to ride our bikes. We haven't been really biking this uh, this season, unfortunately. For whatever reason, last year we were biking a ton. This year, just the stars have not aligned in that way. But I go to fill up my tires because, you know, haven't been on it in like three months. My chain is almost rusted through. And I'm like, oh, shit, will this be able to get me to our destination? Ah, fuck it. Let's give it a try. Let's see what happens. I put a little air in Nick's tires. I top them off. You know, we uh, we get on our bikes and we drive. We ride. We don't drive. We ride our bikes to the restaurant, which is in Bradley Beach. It's called Elbow Room. It's um, like there's like a, there's snacks. There's a it's kind of all American cuisine is what I would say. I had a salad and macaroni and cheese, if that gives you any idea. So the whole time we're riding there, though, my chain is a skipping. It keeps turning over. It's rusted, doesn't want to work. My bike is moaning and groaning, clicking and clacking. And uh, it's like we have to go slow. We're like, oh, boy, Ashley's bike is going to be the issue. We get dinner with Connor. We have fun. We decide to go over to another town, um, a jate like a little farther away. We'll ride our bikes there. Connor has his bike. Hey, now we're in a group. We ride our bikes over there. We get drinks. We're on a rooftop. We're having fun. Woo, summer. Now we say goodbye to Connor. We're riding our bikes home. And um, I think that we've both agreed to just take it easy, take it slow, because we know my bike is a wild card. We go over a bridge, just a little, a little, not a car bridge, but a foot traffic bridge on our bikes. Wait, hold on. I'll take over from here. Yeah. Jump in there, babe. I was worried that Ashley wasn't going to make it back to our house with that bike chain. And uh, there was like a hill that we had to kind of uh, manage in order to get up to the walking bridge that would lead us to the town that we live in. And then once we get there, it's like smooth sailing. So we're going, we're approaching this hill, this dirt hill. And uh, Ashley kind of gives it a little bit of extra, and it gets up over the hill and onto the bridge. And I was like, whoa, I was expecting we were going to have to walk these bikes over the bridge, but uh, it worked. 
So I was pretty jazzed up about that. And uh, so I kind of take that hill and I go up. And now we're on the walking bridge. And we're about halfway over the walking bridge. And there's this couple in love, a young couple. They walk past us across the bridge but past like uh you know they don't enter the bridge they just cross the entrance of it they they cross our paths they cross our paths and uh they're holding hands they're young they're happy uh too much detail they're in love (laughs) i couldn't tell that at all um they seem like good people so ashley's like i don't know 10 yards ahead of uh, of of me i wouldn't even say that i'd say five yards maybe 10 feet and uh she gets over the bridge and uh i there's a little lip on the bridge and i kind of pop my tire up a little bit so i don't just kind of like slam with all my weight down on my front tire off the lip of the bridge and as i come down i guess my tire pops like immediately bam boom loud noise i lose control of the bike (laughs) And I just eat dirt. He like, runs it into a visitor center plaque. Yes, but luckily it's all <laughs> pavement, pavement, but like on the right side of me is all grass. And I careened into the grass and landed on my shoulder, on my right shoulder into the grass and like slid into a little visitor's booth. <laughs> and, but you know those like little plaques, it's like the local vegetation that can right. be found of this fauna is, and it has like pictures. Nick just runs his bike into that right and falls the, over. Well, that or my shin, I don't know what would happen, but... Uh, there, the couple that had just passed us, who was probably like 10 <laughs> yards to my left, turned around and like saw me like hit the ground. And, uh, the guy in the couple just was like, uh, he was like, oh my God, you all right? No, he was just like, oh, are you all right? The, oh my God comes second. He's like, oh, are, are you all right? And it's like, I hear Nick, t- I hear his tire explode and him run into the vid- visitor center's booth. And I look over my shoulder because I'm ahead of him about, again, like five, five, ten feet, we'd say. I look over my shoulder to see what the hell's going on. When I look over my shoulder, I lose balance. I fall over. Yeah. So I was like on the ground and like that guy was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm all right. And then like just like to our <laughs> to our immediate left or whatever, I, I kind of popped up and I looked and Ashley just <laughs> fell over. And, and then that's that when guy, he went, oh, the, my God. And that guy was like, oh, my God. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, he must have thought just like all the bike Because I don't know if he could tell that we were together. Like, it must be just like all the bikers right now are falling down. <laughs> and I will say in the story, it doesn't sound like it just it happened almost at the same time. But it did because like Nick's tire explodes. I look over my shoulder. I fall like it was like boom, boom, boom. It happened very quickly. Did um, happen. It did happen quickly. But for some reason, Ashley fell. It was really slow. Like. She looked like she had been stopped completely, which that's what baffled me. Like she had already looked like she had stopped, like she was putting her kickstand up, <laughs> but she just fell like a sack of potatoes on the ground. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I I, mean, I wish you guys could be in my brain being laying on the grass, being like, I was laughing because I couldn't believe what had happened. And I also couldn't believe I landed on the grass. I was like, oh my God, this could have been so terrible. And I really didn't get hurt at all. Like. I think the next day I had a, a little bit of soreness like on my uh, on my shin just because I think the pedal hit my shin or something and that's it. But I was like laying on the grass and I'm like kind of embarrassed, but I'm like more laughing because this is like ridiculous. And this guy's like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. And then all of a sudden, bump, Ashley's on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, she's all right. I couldn't tell that Ashley was all right, but I'm like, she's fine. I, the the way that she <laughs> fell, there's no way she's hurt. I did fall really slowly because, like, I heard Nick's tire explode, and so I slowed down and looked over my shoulder. So I was almost at a complete stop when I fell over. Yeah. Now, uh, key, she heard my tire explode. Uh, I'm glad you included it in the beginning of this tale, but yeah, you put extra tire in my tires, and there's no reason for that. Yeah, I, I topped off Nick's tires, and now he he's blaming me, and well, rightfully so. I've been I've been riding my bike, so I I know that my my tires were good; they didn't need filling. But I was uh, just trying to do something sweet for you, okay? Because I was like, if I'm filling up my tires, might as well check Nick's tires, and they felt like they needed a little air, so I just topped them off. Yeah, Ashley doesn't know anything about bikes. I got to remember that. Nick, I know so much more about bikes than you I don't do. Think it's so. absolutely wild. Sometimes on this podcast, I'm like, I don't think Nick knows me at all. All right, tell me some facts about bikes. Facts about bikes. <laughs> How much do you know? 
Um, I can ch- have changed a tire. Have you? Because yes, last year when someone you in your family had a flat tire, you were trying to tell me that tires don't have tubes in them. And I was like, no, they no. absolutely do. No, no, no. That person was trying to tell you that tires no, don't have tubes. And then you were in like them. looking at me like, Ashley, ab- are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, they, they, they have tubes. Well, we didn't know his bike. And he was very adamant that there was no tubes in this bike. So I was like, well, maybe this sort of bike doesn't have that. I grew up driving, riding BM, BMXs. I grew up fixing bikes for the Boys and Girls Club. No, you did During NC State. Yeah, I did. What did and you I do wrote that? papers about it. Get those papers out right now and read us a boring passage. <laughs> I basically just fixed chains and things like that okay. and oiled things and changed tire tubes. And yet. Hey, let's, op- say, let's say there's a hole in your tube. How do you find it? How do you find the hole in your tube to patch it? Well, you have to... Put tie, you put put air in it and feel where it's coming no. out. No, see, you don't know <laughs> shit. You put air in it and then you put it in a bucket of water and you squeeze it well, and then the bubbles come up and I, you go, "That's where the hole is." I've never patched a tube because the tubes cost like seven dollars, so I would just get a new tube. <clears throat> yeah, because you Comes don't care about the box. environment. I don't. Nick likes to waste. I don't. Well, anyway, folks, Ashley fell down and we all laughed at her. Even though I fell really much harder, it was funnier that Ashley fell. And that's sort of the end of the story. I was funny that I fell because it was in slow motion. I should have just been able to stop myself when I I started to go to the side. But I still don't really understand what happened, why Ashley fell. I still don't get it. It seemed like she was stopped. I don't know how she fell over. Well, I wasn't fully stopped. That's really the key. Okay. Yeah. And then what did you fall on? The grass or the pavement? Yeah, I just fell on the grass. You fell on the grass too? Yeah. And did it hurt? No, because I it was so slow. I was falling so slowly that I was kind of able to just kind of I I more crumbled to the ground. Like what I, happened? So you look back and lost your balance. Well, the brakes on my bike are rusted too. So like only the front tire brake kind of works. So I was like squeezing that and looking back, but I think I squeezed it too hard and I came to like a, an abrupt stop. But I was also off balance because I was looking at you behind me, and then I just toppled over. Now, did you see me fall over? No, I heard it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then when I looked back, you were on the ground, and that guy was like, are you okay? And then he was like, and then I fell, and he was like, oh, my God. And then you were like, yeah, we're fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. And then we walked our bikes home, and now we have two broken bikes, pretty much. Yeah. Unrideable. Yeah. I I hate that I have to go back to this stupid bike shop yet again and be like, oh, I need another Why do you hate that? So I feel like uh, this lady, there's the people at this bike. I, I bought a refurbished bike that I really like, but the people at the bike shop are like, I don't know. I wish they were a little younger. They're a volunteer <laughs> bike shop. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, there's only two people that work there ever, and there's a woman who looks really tired. Yeah. And uh, like when she comes in, she's like, when you come in, she's like, nice, but she's like, yeah, okay, just put it here, you know. And I, yeah. that's there's that vibe that I just hate. I hate. People who speak in that manner where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm putting this person out. Meanwhile, I'm paying her to fix a bike of mine. And then the other guy is like a guy who take, you know, I don't know what it is. Something happened in his life. He seems like he's probably alone. and He's probably about, I don't know, um, early 40, mid 40s or something. He's probably alone in a house somewhere with a bunch of bike parts around him you know, watching some sort of, you know, I don't know what he's watching, maybe sports. I'm trying to paint a picture of this man, but he just is like a troll-like bike fixer guy Mm. who maybe he's obsessed with bike. I don't know. I... This guy just puts me on edge anytime I'm ever in there. Now, I understand the... And he, he refurbished my bike personally, and so when I bought it from him, he was like, took a lot of pride in the fact that this bike was refurbished and like whatever. He was like, that was my uh, my big project mm. the past couple of months. Uh, I love this bike. I would I would have kept it, but I already have a yellow bike because the bike is yellow. And I was like, 
well, I like it. It's a cool bike. And he's like, yes, it's great. And then, like, I took it for a ride, and then there was, like, a problem with, like, the gears. And he was like, oh, oh man. All right. Oh, hold on. Hold on. And he had to, like, go in. And then, like, I've brought the bike back a couple of times for, like, minor repairs. And, you know, he, like, looks at the bike, and he's like, oh, there it is. So I, it's just, like, there's a lot of pressure on on me if I go to this bike shop. So I might have to just go buy a go buy a tube myself and just go through the trouble of it is the front tire. So the last time it was the back tire. I don't know how to I don't know how to deal with a back tire. I with would the like gears. to know what sort of I don't know like, how to deal with gears. I would like to know what sort of shop interaction. Okay. So you going to someone for a service that you're hiring them for, they're gonna help you. What type of that what kind of interaction like that? would not cause you anxiety um hey what's up yep put it right there no but like when has that ever <laughs> happened and no in normal situations i the, the the only times i've ever been in this shop once like the woman had to ex- explain to me that there was a bike shortage and i don't know if you're gonna find anything there's a bike shortage right now and 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 then like when i bought the bike it was like you gotta get yourself a really good uh, a bike lock because because of the bike shortage uh, people are stealing bikes fast I'm telling you I'm hearing a lot of people stealing bikes there's just like a weird anxiety and panic in these people's in the, and it's a weird as you said like shop that's like I don't know I, I, imagine, I think it's volunteer run I imagine the woman owns the place because she's always there and she runs the cash register and on, there's nobody else ever there. So she must own it in some fashion. And in the back, there used to be like a really nice coffee shop. Now, um, when I've gone there to use their air pump, because they have a tire pump outside before we found the one in the basement, there's always like a young guy there who's always helped like down to help. So I don't know what happened to him. Never but seen him. This, I wish I saw this young man. These are two older people. The character sketch you give of the woman is giving me a very clear idea of her in my mind. Not the man. I don't know what his deal is. Man, he's got hair down to his shoulders. He's kind of like... um. But, I, I would say he was really into grunge music when it was around. Yeah, he's got um, counterculture roots, you know. But he's got—he's now an older guy. He's got glasses, you know. He—he real, you know. I—I I, I could maybe say that bikes maybe filled have filled other portions of his life, you know. Like you say he's alone. I'm saying he's alone. I'm saying maybe he used to have a drinking problem. You know what I mean? And now it's about bikes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there just seems to be a a purpose there to fixing bikes that wouldn't be there if this man was whole zen and the art of bicycle maintenance right something something going on there like it's important to him which is fine and i know like a lot of people are like yeah we go there because jim is so great and he really loves bikes and that guy's passion for bikes makes me come back to this bike shop every time i love supporting sam but to me i just want a guy who's like yeah put it over in the corner thank you and then i walk out i'm like good it's you should over. just go to the other you should go to the other bike shops. But this is the closest one to walk a bike to. Yeah, but the other ones are you could walk a bike there and they won't they're like Where? young guys. The one the Asbury one down there. Six times further than than it is for that's like two okay. miles away. Well, this one's just, a half mile just away. Just be thankful they're close. Yeah, they're close. And I bought the bike from there, so I kind of feel like and I don't hate the people. It's you just clearly like, do. Uh, I got to go back in there. God damn. Okay. I think it's time to talk about a little reality television. So basically, I would say the past month uh, and some change, my personal life has been dominated by Big Brother. Big Brother. It airs three times a week, but the live feeds are always on. I mean, for the most part, sometimes they cut to the cute little animals. Um, I'm checking the Twitter. I'm checking the live feed updates. I'm watching the live feeds and listening to the podcasts. I'm so heavily invested in Big Brother until, and this is a spoiler, so if you're not caught up um, and you want to be, then you can stop listening right now or you can just go on this ride with us. What happens? The main alliance, the cookout, they get down to their six, their intended goal. They make it to six. It's now three men, three women, and the three men start targeting the strongest, the best, the most wonderful player. That is, of course, the main character of the show, Tiffany Mitchell. Hats off to you for playing an incredible game. And now I am so sick 
with misogyny that I am seeing on this show, throwing around the B word nonstop, calling her a B all the time, taking credit for moves she's made in the game, constantly undermining her contributions to the alliance. No one has given more to this alliance. She created it. She devised the strategy for it. She put up her plus one on the block, Claire, of course. No one has given more to this game than Tiffany. And to watch these three men sit around and talk about how she's played a selfish game, how she they they created the cookout, uh, taking credit for her actions, it makes me want to puke. And so now I'm not watching the show anymore. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not going to watch it anymore. That's where I'm at personally. So the idea of the cookout was to sort of turn the tables on the classic uh, racist atmosphere in Big Brother. And they're like, not this season. We will finally have a black winner this season. And I thought, wow, the cookout managed to right the world. They managed to put things where they should be. They managed to bring some justice to this land. And then they immediately just turned up the misogyny. And I was like, oh, yeah, that old ghost. I forgot about it. And now I'm done. I'm not watching the show anymore. I'm out. It's hard. It's hard to be so heavily invested in something. I'm, I'm talking, I'm checking updates all day long, y'all. To the point where, sure, it's unhealthy. Sure, I've talked about it with my therapist. Sure, I should be calling my family and not watching another podcast on YouTube about this Big Brother season. But I've come to a full stop. I'm not going back. Nick's on his own. He's got to finish the season by himself. I will not watch it anymore. Very good, very good. That was Ashley Roberts on her feelings of Big Brother Season 23, the second half. Um, Well, you know... I mean, I, I I agree with everything that you're saying. I am going to continue to watch it. I mean, uh, especially with this season, very out of character for us is uh, last night uh, was Sunday, and uh, that's the obviously the Sunday app, and we haven't watched it yet. You were out of town until t- last night late, so, you know, the opportunity for us to watch it wasn't exactly there like it normally is. and uh, But then I asked, like, well, are we going to throw this thing on? And you said, no, I'm out. So I got a Sunday episode waiting for me that I haven't seen. And of course, I'm up to date uh, and then some because of the feeds and all of the recaps, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I am going to watch it. You know, I may throw it on in the background. I'm not so big on a Sunday night app. You know, I'm really mostly interested in the in the live evictions and the HOHs on on Thursdays, but I'm still gonna watch it. There's still a chance, and I'm I'm with you on 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 uh, on how it's going with the men versus the women right now, especially Tiffany, who, uh, you know, Ash and I were we were in we were Team Tiffany for a while, still am. She's um, the best player on the season. She's really good. She's really good. Yes, I have. I mean, I have. I, I, I don't think that she didn't make mistakes. Unfortunately, I think she did make mistakes. I don't think if this was a season, a couple seasons from now, I don't think she would have made these mistakes. Um, but I think the way that this season went, and it was less of a game and more of a mission, at least until you know last Thursday, I think that screwed up. A couple of the people's gameplay who may have uh, gone a little further um, than they will in this season eventually, and I and I do think a couple of people got a little further than they would have, uh, you know, um, as well uh, if this was a, a a more normal season. But that being said, I mean, and and I guess there's going to be some game talk here, and if you watched the Sunday episode, that's about where I am in the recaps and everything. So. Um, you know, there shouldn't be really any spoilers, but uh, if you haven't watched in a couple weeks, I am going to talk about some of the results and how things went just for a second. But I mean, Tiffany made a mistake by winning the HOH, her second HOH in a row. I mean, technically, there was a Claire HOH in there because of uh, a twist where Claire took over Tiffany's HOH. Uh, Tiffany was very happy about that because somebody was probably going to take it over, and so they kind of engineered it 
and I do believe Hannah engineered it so that Claire could take over the HOH. And, Here's the thing. And I'm she so- was av- she was allowed to compete. Tiffany was allowed to compete in consecutive HOH contests because of this Claire taking over in the middle of her first HOH. They had all decided, the cookout, that Aza should win this following HOH. Aza could not hold on. And because of Kyland and because of Tiffany, there became some sort of a power grab struggle there right at the end. Kylan could not hold himself up on this uh, on this rope, and Tiffany won consecutive HOHs, which I believe is a first time in any of the Big Brothers where somebody was an HOH uh, two weeks in a row. Because normally you can't compete two weeks in a row, but this was there was a weird stip here that she could. Now I think the idea of Kylan winning was not good for her and her brain at that time. I think, and I also more so think. The idea of having two HOHs under her belt, on her resume, along with the idea of making history, or should I say herstory, in Big Brother by being the first person to have consecutive HOHs got to Tiffany's head. It made her not throw that challenge, throw that HOH comp, and it allowed some of the men in there to take advantage of that situation, whether they believed Tiffany was really a threat or really in it for herself and not for the six. We don't know if that's the truth, and I am talking Xavier here. I think Xavier just smelled blood in the water, and he pounced on it. And unfortunately for Tiffany, that's it. I do not think she's going to come back from that move. Did she at that time need to win HOH? No, because Xavier and Kyland and Big D, who were really her biggest threats, even before other people of the cookout still being in that house, okay? So there, you know, there's still a chance that something could have gone awry with Alyssa in the house, with a, with a Claire in the house, if the chips fell where they may where they had power and then eventually somebody from the cookout had to go. Yes, I do agree that Xavier and maybe even Kylan and definitely Big D had Tiffany on the radar way before the cookout was the only ones left. I still think they would have stuck to the plan, and I do not think Tiffany would have gone home at all or anything bad would have happened to her game if she would have thrown that second HOH and allowed Kylan just to win it, or jumped off when Xavier jumped off, which was pretty early, and allowing somebody like Xavier, who was on Tiffany's radar at that point as being somebody who may not be in her corner, would at least show Xavier, you know, this alpha who thinks he's smarter than everybody else and playing the game better than everybody else and less selfish than everybody else, which is not true. He's an asshole. At least that's how it looks right now. It would have at least shown him that, look, you have no leg to stand on. I fucking threw this HOH just like we planned, just like you, Xavier. Yeah, Kylan won. Well, he's the selfish son of a bitch, don't you think, Xavier? And Xavier would have to look at Kylan and go, yeah, I do think he was a selfish son of a bitch. He probably wouldn't have turned on him because he does have a final three with him. I'm going to stop you right there. He is a shield. Stop, stop, I do think Tiffany Stop revisionist history revisionist history Ow. Stop. as Stop. she just poked me you were saying that tiffany winning a head of household that she was not supposed to win was a mistake and the reason why she's going home and i'm here to say stop because kyland has won two head of households he was not supposed to win and he is not going home two where people were like you weren't supposed to win that You weren't supposed to win that. That happened to Tiffany once, and she's going home. And that is the difference between a man and a woman in this game. It was a little late in the game for that win. Nick. It was. Whose side are you on? I'm not saying Kylan played a good game there. I'm not. Kylan has done it twice. But can I say that Kylan— Tiffany is being crucified for doing something once that Kylan has done twice. Unfortunately, because of the way this game goes, Tiffany has to rely on strategic game moves to get to the end. Kylan and Xavier have proved a bit at this point 
that they don't necessarily need as much strategic gameplay as they do need to just suck it up and win HOHs and vetoes. So I, I, it's, not a, it's not in the bag that, that it's like, okay, I may have been a little, I may have not, I shouldn't have won that HOH, but don't worry, I'm going to win the veto. Like, she can't say that. Because fucking Kyland and and Xavier looks like he's like six foot six, you know. He looks like he's got a goddamn runner's so body. So you're saying because the Kylan men is, is working are genetically out like, superior yes, yeah. that they are allowed to do that? No, well, it it the game allows them to do that to play sloppier and more and with more. Uh, and that is what I'm saying is this: the cards are stacked against the women, and that's why I won't watch the show anymore. About Big D. He hasn't won shit, and he's going to fucking win this game. Yeah, and he's walking around calling all the ladies in the house the B-word yeah. and talking about how we got to get the women out. That's And his you know what play. he's doing. You know what that is? That is a dog whistle. That is a call to the other men in the house who are now following suit. Big D is leading the misogyny train. He's going to win. I, I, if I was in this house and Kyland or Xavier sat next to Big D, at the end of this thing, I'm voting Big D. I'm never watching this Out show again. Out of spite. I'm never watching this show again. It's upset me so Tiffany much. Tiffany will be back. The, 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 the fans want her back, I think. I, 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 don't, I don't normally go and, and look so much on the reaction to shows or, or anything like that uh, on social media. But I, I end up reading, you know, to kind of catch up on the updates. And so I do see replies on Twitter. And then um, I've been doing a lot more Redditing lately. I've been kind of like trying to expand my Reddit horizons. I've uh, recently added a whole, joined a whole bunch of other subs that uh, I uh, uh, so previously like, did not join. Yeah, yeah. I was like the 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 shit I keep getting on my on my main page of Reddit is just like boring me. It's like I'm like part of the drum Reddit, and it's just like a guy being like, "Should a snare sound like this?" <laughs> ding, 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 and then you go, and the guy's like, "Yes." he's like or like no uh that's i get so much of that um so i've been trying to like i need more i need a variety here so i have i have uh started going into you know the big brother subs and i'm like what do like the hardcores think about it and i will say that there i was i did not expect so many so much backlash against tiffany in in reddit and it's not you know who knows i don't know who these people are Maybe they're racist, misogynist assholes, but it is a lot of hardcore gamers who are just like, why did she win that HOH? That was it. If she did not win, she would not be on the radar that week. And it's all about that week. And I, and I hate, I hate it, but I do agree. I, I do agree. I, and, and, and now, and now there is this thing where we're start. it's starting to look like she really, really targeted Sarah Beth. Because she kind of liked Kyland, and then she hooked up with Kyland for a week or two, and now Kyland has put her up and will eventually send her ass home. And it's hard. It's hard to watch because I didn't think somebody like Tiffany would have kind of fallen into the trappings of a Kyland in that way. Because Kyland's an idiot. We all know this. One of my favorite thing is the hashtag uh, Kai complaints. Yeah, that is or, fun. And it's just you found. I don't know if you guys are up on this, but apparently Kyland of Big Brother, you know, he he's got a check mark next to his name. I, I guess these all these people are influencers. Uh, maybe, At this point, maybe not Tiffany. At this point in reality television, I think that a, a lot of people are scouted based on their social media. Kylan seems to be one of these guys because yeah. he's got check marks and followers. And so he's using that to get free things on the Internet, which is very funny. And it's just like him complaining about like a razor that didn't work. Yeah. Or like an app that fucked that uh, that screwed him. And it's just him complaining to like Delta to try to get free tickets. And it's uh, very fun uh, to see this side of him. Um, but, uh, you know, he fell, she fell into the trappings of Kylan and his, and his dulcet tones. Um, and I don't know, there was a conversation in the HOH room where she started bringing up Sarah Beth yet again. And if you're not watching Sarah Beth, somebody that went home that Tiffany targeted and eventually put up on the block. And then eventually the house sent her home. But this was, Kylan's sort of snuggle buddy, even though uh, Sarah Beth has uh, a person at home that uh, that is her partner or her girlfriend or whatever. Sydney? Uh, something Shelley. like that. Shelly. Shelly. 
She, even uh, though Sarah Beth's taken, she was still she getting was, those snuggles in with Kylan. But everyone snuggles in the Big Brother house because they're all freaking losing their mind because it's I a social so. experiment. They have no, absolutely no intellectual stimulus. They're clinging to some sense of sanity. And that involves a lot of laying around holding each other. Yeah. They should just put a TV in there. Say, fuck it. Everybody's just watching, like, binge-watching TV shows. Or give them reruns, <laughs> just like the Seinfeld season one through four, something like that. Just Seinfeld season two. That's all you guys can watch. Um, so, which would be fun, because eventually they'd all know the all of the episodes, like, real quickly, and they'd know. Yeah, they'd start quoting them walking around the house. I would imagine eventually that would lead to, like, them turning it off and just doing the episodes themselves. Yeah, acting I, them I, out. I think would be a lot of fun. So I, I do suggest just put one season of Seinfeld in there. Or let them have books that aren't no. just the Bible. No, <laughs> never. Um, so anyway, I don't know. That's my thought. I, I don't know how it's going to go down. It, it's hard. It would be hard for me to believe that uh, anybody but Xavier uh, is going to win this game, I think. I don't yeah. know. So I'm still in it to win it. I still want to see how it goes because there's going to be cutthroatness happening. And, and boy, this is going to be a tough. Uh, it will be a tough um, vote on, on Thursday. It's going to be uh, the eviction is going to be tough to watch. But I'm out. She's out. I'm still in. I am still in. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, to, to take it away from TV a little bit, but uh, Ash, I gave you a comic book uh, a couple week, couple months ago and you're reading it. I finished it. You finished it. Yeah. So how did you like it? What's the name? I what loved is, it. What's the name of that book? Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. That's right. Mr. Miracle. It's a DC comic and there's a 12 issue run written by a guy named Tom King uh, that came out in like 2018 and uh, won an Eisner Award, I believe, which is a high honor in comics. And um uh, I thought Ashley might like it because it's very cerebral and the artwork is really interesting and uh, the themes they play on and uh, are is uh, pretty fascinating, especially for like a superhero comic, uh, which Mr. Miracle has been around for years and years and years. Um, and uh, what's his name wrote it? Jim... Uh, forgot his name i don't know but i did really enjoy it but i had to remind myself that it was a comic book and not a graphic novel it Um, is not a graphic novel those are different things yeah because there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go unanswered in comic books like there's a lot of storylines that just kind of get wrapped up at the end of the comic that then aren't addressed again and it's not the same as a graphic novel where everything is like playing out in, in a linear fashion. Well, it begins and it ends in that book, usually. Yes. And, and, yes. and in, a, in, in a, this is just a collected edition of a right. comic run. It's like so, basically a season of a comic you're reading. Yeah. Like I kept calling it a graphic novel because it's like thick. Yes. But that's just because it's 12 comic books put together. Yes. Into one bound book. Into one edition. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I will say there are things that are like truly lost on me because I don't know the DC universe. I don't know the backstory, even though you don't really need to know that much with you, this did, guy. Did you never, you never wikied it? See, I didn't know anything about Mr. Miracle or Dark Side or like the fourth world or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And, uh, and I just kept Googling. Oh, my plan was to talk to you about it because I like when you tell me things. I, at this point, read this in 2018 and I couldn't tell you anything about it. Okay, I just, I'll I Google just know, it. I just know that what, what was uh, the things that I really liked about it were that it was like dealing with a lot of mommy-daddy issues in there. Yeah, big was, time. Uh, um, and then also it was uh, quite a love story. Yeah. Um, and then also it was written and it de- dealt with mental health. I mean, that's the big thing. That's the big thing. Is and- the depression and the sense of self being lost um, right. and identity being unknown. And-, and then the artwork was is very something you just really never see. It was all 12 boxes on each in each page for the most part there's this um one of the comics where mr miracle and big barda that's his wife are breaking into um the high lord's high is that high lord is that the name of it i don't know the high lord's castle yeah and it's like a labyrinth of pain 
Right. So they have to go through like all of these different sort of booby traps to stop them from getting from the entrance to the main God, quote unquote. And this is it's so interesting because the couple is having a conversation about remodeling their condo. Yes, it's great. And they're like killing henchmen and like avoiding booby traps and like jumping over lava. And And it's stylized artistically in like such a fun way where like a lot of the panels, all the panels are really connected. So you feel their journey through all of these booby traps. Like it's not like, and now we're here, now we're here. Like you're, it feels like you're going along with them. And there's one that one of the booby traps is like a room that condenses and the panels condense with the room. And I thought that was so neat. Yes, it's it's the layout of that comic is spectacular. Yeah, um, it reads so well. Yeah, that was a, one of the best. I love that scene. Yeah, it, because there's my favorite. It's just like there's an existential nature to the book because I'm pretty sure like Mr. Miracle like can't die, you know, so he's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I've done yeah. this before. I got to get out of here. Like not to like ruin it, but like fairly certain they just moved to L.A. Like at the end of this thing, right? Well, they, they were living in L.A. <laughs> right, but like they were living in like it's like the fourth world, which is like basically the first two worlds are like good and evil here, and then there are two. Uh, Jack Kirby is the guy who created all these, who also created like Silver Surfer. He left the very early Marvel after he created all that stuff and like created his own universe over in D.C. They gave him his whole. They were like. Kid Jack Kirby, you're a legend. You're coming to us in the 70s or whatever. Go ahead and just create your own fucking world of superheroes. So he created this sort of dark side and mm. Mr. Miracle family and the fourth world. So it's like the planet one is Earth. Planet two is like an evil version of Earth. Like planet three is something else. And then the fourth world is like where like dark side lives and like where Mr. Miracle's from. I don't really know. But uh, it's just so funny that it's just like such like a f- interplanetary, like dimensional this and that. And it's just like Mr. Miracle and Barda are like just living like in L.A. And like he, they have like a little kid and like he's like wearing like a beat up like Batman T-shirt. Yeah. And he, they just kind of like look like kind of like us kind of. They 100 percent do. <laughs> yeah. And at one point they're like talking about like leaving L.A. Like he's like, why don't we just go live out like on a farm or something? Yeah. And then she's like, I love L.A. And he's like, nobody loves L.A. People move to L.A. because they feel like they have to. And then they stay because they also feel like they have to. And then she's like, she goes, yeah, that's what love is. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's so in- that's interesting. interesting. I like it. It's like us right now. Yeah, I yeah. should reread it. I forgot how much like of of it it sort of touches on uh, our pedestrian lives. But yeah, yeah. So do you think like I mean, is this interesting to you? Like this type of like superhero comic or this comic? Did you enjoy? Yeah, it? this was incredible. It was so good. I mean, just the, the the depression element alone. Like spoiler alert, he starts the comics start off with an attempted suicide, an attempted and failed suicide. So if I gave you another comic that was kind of in line with this, you would read it. Like another yeah. twelve issue run, same same length. Yes, I would read it. Okay, um, but you're involved in a lot of reading right now. I feel I'm like, involved right? in a lot of reading. I also am not like I'm not necessarily the best comic reader. Like I have to keep reminding myself it's a comic, and so I need to take the artwork in because I'm just like reading the conversations. Like yeah. I'm like so story based. Like, and the way that I consume entertainment is so slow down. story based. Yeah. So then I'd be like, wait, hold on. I need to like look at this and now look at this. And then what is this? And another really fun thing the artist does is like Mr. Miracle wears like a lot of shirts that relate back, like graphic tees that relate back to the universe. And I also love there's like so many callbacks in the art that are so easy to miss if you're not paying attention. Yeah, it's good. It was, uh, yeah, the art and the story are so good. It's, yeah. Um, it's a, a rarity, but. The artist lives in Arizona with his wife and his child. Tom King. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I bought this because I went to just look at a comic shop in New Jersey and it was so small and it was just me and the guy and I'm like, oh shit. And he was like talking to me. I'm like, I got to buy something. I just wanted to go in there and see what was on the shelves. Yeah. But if the owner is the only person in there, yeah. then it's like, okay, I'll support your business. Yeah, he was really nice. And I was like, okay. 
So I bought that, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I had that around. I think Saga is supposed to start back up sort of soon. Which... That's what I have to get back into. That's what I was thinking about. It's yeah. like I've really fallen off well, the Saga train. That's 52 issues right now, or 53. Like I want the bounded. I want the physical you editions want the of huge those. Thing? Yeah. Well, no, I actually want the like. I want like the smaller ones, just because mm. they're easier to fold back and read. Yeah. Um, because you know as you say you have to actually look at the art and these like huge omnibuses are like hard to read they're like tape the coffee table books but um i do want to continue to read that and i i was reading some comics but then i got really into comix comics um and now i'm reading this thing called eight ball which mm. i stopped after like 12 issues it's so dense uh but uh this guy Klaus, who wrote uh, Ghost World. Wait, um, before we go though, I want to talk about Daniel I Klaus. want to talk about yeah. the challenge, and I want to talk about White Lotus, and I want to talk about season three loss. We well, have so much to discuss, babe. I, I just don't think we have time. I just don't think we okay. have time. We finished Lost. We finished season three. It's not Penny's boat, okay? And um, I will say, by the end of season three, it really picked up, and Nick and I, I think Nick was fully on board again. I think now Nick would say he likes Lost. Would you say that? Would you say you like Lost now? Uh, you know what I like about Lost, and it does. It's funny because we're talking about Saga, but um, uh, uh, Brian K. Vaughn or what the fuck is his name? I always, mm, I don't know, babe. <sighs> One of the writers or creators he, of Saga he, he was yeah, all all. Yeah, all uh, both, um, which is like one of my favorite things ever. He's like the an executive story editor and a producer on on season three and. Either it showed up and I started liking it or vice versa. I don't know. Chicken or you the egg. You started liking it and then you saw it and you're like, that's why I like it. Was it was like towards the end of yeah. season three. I couldn't tell. I didn't know. Maybe I wasn't paying attention in the beginning when I didn't like it. But maybe they brought him in like, we need help. I don't know. How much of a season is written before it starts to air? I never know that either. Especially like older network things. Like, yeah. Well, season three was divided into two parts too. Okay. So yeah. I think maybe the second part, they yeah. kind of helped. They were maybe trying to figure out how to what to do here. The end, and I know everybody's fucking watched Lost and they know where we are at this point, but at the end of season three, when it, things start to sort of come back around, just mm -hmm. let's say that for no spoilers. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. I'm trying not to spoil this <laughs> show. But uh, it uh, it felt like a comic book. Yeah. like And the types of comics I like to read, where like there was a, a switch, a paradigm shift in things and i'm like okay i can see what we're gonna do here a little bit and it got me a bit excited based on like all right good so we can do some other storytelling yeah and we can move past the island in in some ways and and this kind of what we were stuck in there there's so many tv used to have to have so many episodes mm -hmm. when current television modern television 12 you're like what white lotus was like a seven six, six, six episode six, baby run. that's yeah. all i needed was six yeah and then and then when it's like something super 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 dense it's 10 and you're like okay it's 10 and 12 you're like all right it's 12 this is 23 or 24 yeah it's like what the fuck too much minutia is being followed around you know what i mean so um i am i am we have we we are gonna uh, embark on season four we yeah. are gonna embark on season four probably this week so i'm excited about that i think what we should do is next monday's episode we should talk primarily about the challenge sure okay. catch you up on all that stuff i yeah. mean uh, we're enjoying it we are it's a good season so mm -hmm. okay folks that has been the episode thank you so much for listening do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast if you like us that helps us out tell a friend uh if there's a place where you listen to it that allows you to rate this podcast give us five stars or whatever it is write a nice little review we appreciate that um and uh also we have a patreon if you want more of us if you're all caught up on this podcast but you want to hear even more there's like 40 episodes you can listen to, um, you know, and all you have to do is pay us five bucks a month over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash reality blows. You can sign up for our blowness tier and that gets you uh, two blowness ep episodes a month. 
Uh, we haven't put any out yet from September, but in... Uh, in a in, couple of days, we will. Yeah, I mean, we're going to drop a couple. Don't worry, we always do. There'll be two. We don't know what we're going to do yet. And, and then, you're going to want that hot Patreon content. <laughs> Not to mention, I've mentioned it a bunch, but last month we had our two Blownus episodes plus dropped a 12-minute vlog, a video. That's right, of Ash and I and her, our last trip over there at Six Flags. Great adventure in Jackson, New Jersey. So there's a lot over there you can go check out. Um we will uh, talk to you next time. Thank you so much, and goodbye. Bye.